What's up, Penguins fans? Happy Monday, November 7th. Yes, we're talking about another loss today as the Penguins dropped their seventh in a row on Saturday, a 3-2 defeat to the Seattle Kraken in a game that the Penguins, they deserved a lot better um, with how they played. So we're going to recap that game in full for today's episode, go over some positive things that I'm actually going to take away from that game. Also, we'll get into some of the negatives. We'll look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Washington Capitals, another team that has not been good to start this season. The Capitals are only two points higher than the Penguins right now. They have had their struggles as well. It's funny that both teams are just not that good to start this season. So we're going to get into all of that for today's show coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Swift Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's just jump right into it. Um, I know all of you are upset. Trust me. You know, it's not fun covering a seven-game losing streak. This is the first seven-game losing streak that I think I've seen in the Sid Gino era. Um, it's this is we're in very rare territory. Um, at this point, heck, I don't think I've seen them lose seven in a row since before they all got here. So it's probably during the Rico Fada days, Dick Tarnstrom. The Moose, I'm sure some people remember Johan Hedberg and all those guys. So it's been a while since this team has lost seven in a row. That said, you know, we're going to start today's episode with, um, you know, some, some positive things. So I know the game was, you know, the result was not there. Three to two loss. There's less than four minutes to go. You're thinking, okay, going to get a point. See what you can do in overtime. You've been the better team. Maybe you can get the deciding goal in the last few minutes of the game. Nope. It had to be Brandon freaking Tanev of all players who gets the game winner with less than four minutes left. The Penguins were not able um, to get the tying goal late in regulation. But that said, Yins, I saw a lot of positive things from the Penguins in this game. Territorially, looking at natural Patrick, they controlled 62% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They controlled 60% of the scoring chances at 5v5, 57% of the high danger chances, and also 60% of the expected goals. All very, very good things about that. Again, the process has been there for this team this season. They ranked top 10 in expected goals in Corsi, but it's just you know, they they made too many defensive miscues at times and they haven't gotten the goaltending and you know combine now with also the special teams and you have a seven game losing streak here <clears throat> the penguins they haven't deserved to lose all seven of these games they easily could have won three of them maybe four definitely should have won the game against buffalo should have won against boston heck they should have won this game against seattle heck they, honestly they probably should be on a three game winning streak right now but you know, you play that you play the hand that you're dealt, and they, they haven't been able to. But again, those numbers that I just read out to you, and I can go to all situations here. The Penguins controlled 62% of the uh, shot attempts, um, 61% of the screen chances, 64% of the high danger chances, and 57% of the expected goals to show that yes, they outplayed Seattle. 
even when the Kraken were up two to one in that third period, after they got that really lucky goal that just went off a player's skate right to the stick, goes in over Tristan Jari. Jake Gensel is able to tie the game just a few minutes later, 2-2. And then after that, the Penguins just kept coming at the Kraken in waves. They were forechecking like hell, getting plenty of great chances on Martin Jones. For some reason, Jones just wants to play like God every time he plays the Penguins, even though he's just a backup goaltender at this point in his initial career. And the moment Seattle gets a good chance, <clears throat> excuse me, with less than four minutes to go in the game, <clears throat> they, they get the goal and, and it's Brandon Tanev. And, <clears throat> and excuse me, and I know that goal, there's a lot of bad plays on it. I don't know why Chris Tang was chasing um, the Kraken player behind the net. I don't think he needed to do that. Dumoulin just left Tanev wide open in front of the net. He did not need to go down to one knee and go towards the puck area because Latang was already on him, and he just left his man. Tanev gets the puck, no pressure in front of him. He flicks it over Jari. I understand that people want him to make a save there just because he's been struggling this year. I get it. I do, but that's a goal that I think a lot of other goaltenders allow to. So obviously that's bad, but you know, sticking with the positives, again, the process was there. And it's been there for a lot of these games, even though they haven't been getting the results. Sidney Crosby was a man on a mission in that game. If anyone is going to lead this team out of this rut, it is going to be Crosby. He has 14 points to start this season. He had a almost vintage Crosby goal late in the third period when it was 2-2. Two to two. We almost split the Kraken defense, shot the puck just wide of Martin Jones. If he scores on that play, and I think you all know which one I'm talking about, PBG Paints Arena comes down. I'm sure Twitter is on fire at that point, and the Penguins probably win that game. Jake Gensel, he was also on fire in that one as well. He's the team's leading goal scorer this season. I thought he played good. Chris Latang, I think, had a little bit of a better game, even though it's been a slow start to the season for him. Evgeny Malkin, he was playing well, too. I keep seeing this from some people that come into my mentions on social media or go into other people's mentions. Oh, well, you know, if they didn't bring the band back together, none of this would have happened. Again, those people cannot see the forest for the trees. If people are blaming the core for the problems, they are wrong. That's that's the reality of the situation here. The core players, they have been doing what you want them to do. Evgeny Malkin is a point-per-game player this year. Sidney Crosby is the same. Ricard Raquel, he's also been great. He's second on the team in goals. Jason Zucker is almost a point-per-game player, and he's making $5.5 million. Jake Gensel leads the team in goals. Brian Rust, also been really strong. Chris Letang has a little bit of a slow start, but he's going to rebound just because I know that's how he is. Those are the players that you are paying a lot of your money to, and they have shown up. You want to talk about players who have not shown up? Go down the rest of that roster, and, and I'm going to get to that in the second segment on why there's just way too many passengers on this team right now. But another big positive, again, is the play of the core right now. They are doing their job. And I have a stat for you guys. During this seven-game losing streak, the Penguins' top six, 14 of the 16 goals that they that this team has scored in the last seven games have come from the top six. Only two have come from the bottom six, and both of them were scored by Josh Archibald, and he's not even the lineup right now just because he's hurt. So you all want to place some blame somewhere? I think you all know where to place some of that blame. So <clears throat> I was really thrilled with the play <clears throat> of the top six. I will say outside of that bad gaff by Dumoulin, I thought he was better in that game. And 
it's not saying much. I get it. He's been really bad to start the season. He should not be playing top pairing moves with Crystal Tang at this point. But, you know, it was a little bit of a step in the right direction, at least before he had um, that major gaffe. But, you know, just, you know, forechecking wise, I saw a lot of good when, when this team really turns it on. They're very hard to stop that first period. They were electric. Martin Jones made some really nice saves. The second period was the same. The third period, even when they were down, they were still really pressuring the crack in defense. They really had no answer for them. It was just because Martin Jones was making a lot of good saves. Heck, Penguins missing empty net in that game. They hit a post from Brian Russ that could have been a goal. <clears throat> Brian Russ also missed a chance with about two, three minutes left. That glanced off Martin Jones' jersey, went over the net. Don't know how that didn't go in. They did a lot of good things right in this game. The penalty kill, I thought, was much improved. That's probably the best I've seen the penalty kill look all year. They killed every single um, <clears throat> penalty in that one. So you are seeing some things turn around slightly. It's just they got to start getting the results. That's the big thing here. Metro obviously is a lot better this season. New Jersey's playing really well. I did not expect them to be this good this fast, but... You know, we're coming up to Thanksgiving here in about two and a half weeks. That's usually the time where you start seeing teams, you know, try to make runs and all that. Something in December as well. The schedule is about to get tougher with six or the next seven on the road. They play Washington on Wednesday. They have Toronto and Montreal as a back-to-back this weekend when I go to Pittsburgh. <clears throat> it's it's going to get tough. And, you know, they got to keep putting this play to good use. And they got to start getting the results and start defending better and all that. So, again... I know there's a lot of negativity surrounding the team right now, but I really like that performance against Seattle, and I really think they can build off of it going into that game against Washington because the Capitals, they are also not that good right now. They're banged up. Peter LaViolette, is, people, I think some Capitals fans I talk to kind of want him out at this point. So that, that really wraps up this first segment, you know, touching on the positives of the team, you know, looking at you know, how they can build off that loss and all that, and I get it. The team looks ejected. You fans that listen to my show and all you Penguins fans out there that don't listen to my show, I get it. Time stink right now. This is the worst losing streak of the Sid Gino era. But if anyone's going to bring them out of it, it's the core. At the end of the day, you know, the players got to do it. They're not going to fire Mike Sullivan. <clears throat> you just got an extension. So, you know, that's that's all I really have to say. Um, Positive-wise, coming up in the next segment, I'm going to get into some more of my negative reactions from the game. And just you know, look into who I think most of the fans should be blaming right now for the team's struggles. But before I get to that, if you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked on Penguins listeners, you guys, can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. They were named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report which is a third year in a row for them. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. You can arm or disarm, unlock for a gas, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year again. So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. 
right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am the host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Score Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. You know, awesome that I'm closing in on 4K on Twitter. The show's over 700 subscribers on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> think of maybe doing a little bit of a giveaway once I get to 1,000 subscribers. Maybe it's a jersey. Uh, maybe it's a, a puck or something like that. Um, but once the show does get to 1,000 subscribers, I think I am going to do a giveaway where um, you can retweet the tweet and I'll just do a lucky winner or something. And whoever gets it so can send me their address and I'll send them um, something painless, whether it's a jersey, a puck, hat, so- something like that. I've been thinking about that for a while. Now, <clears throat> going into some more of my negative reactions <clears throat> from this game, again, I'm not subscribing to the belief, <clears throat> excuse me, that the core is to blame. They're not. They're doing their jobs. They're making all the money and they're producing like it. If they weren't producing like it, I would tell you all. It's the bottom six that has been dreadful this season. And this tweet comes courtesy of uh, Madchad412. He used to host the show with Eddie Provin of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And he was looking at the lowest average game score for Penguins so far. If you look at the, the, the lowest six players on the team, Jeff Petrie, Brock McGinn, Ryan Paling, Jeff Carter, Brian Dumoulin, and last but not least, at the very bottom, is Kasperi Kapanen. <clears throat> what, what do all those players basically have in common? Outside of Brian Dumoulin, I will say, even though he was kind of advised to move him, all those players that I just mentioned were either extended by Ron Hextall or acquired by Ron Hextall in the last year or two. He has actively made this team worse, especially in the bottom six the last couple of years. And I don't think enough people are talking about it. When you have a elite top six, like the Penguins have, and you have an elite number one defenseman in Chris Letang and a pretty decent goaltender in Tristan Jari when he is going well, and you have the money to keep those players and still build around them, it honestly should be kind of an easy job, right? You just have to fill out the depth of your team to make sure that, oh, when the stars are being bottled up at times, you can get goals from, from your from the other players. You know, that's just, that plagued them, you know, from 2012 to 2015, I would say, before Jim Rutherford came in and actually, I think actually did a great job with the bottom six and the depth on defense. But, you know, after he left, Ron Hextall, the team had decent depth the last couple of years, even though he, that really wasn't his handiwork. But since then, when he's really had to, you know, make moves that he's been able to make, they haven't been as good. Again, these last seven games, only one player has basically scored from the bottom six, and that is Josh Archibald. He has two goals. Jeff Carter has done absolutely nothing since getting extended. Brock McGinn. He is nowhere to be found. He he barely has done anything offensively this season. He is getting paid almost $3 million to be, what, a PK specialist? That's not good enough. Sorry. Like, if you're getting paid almost $3 million, I expect you to score every now and then. He has been a completely different player ever since the first half of last season. Ryan Paling in spurts, he's been fine. Otherwise, you're kind of seeing why he was just a throw-in for the Jeff Petrie trade. Kasperi Kapanen, I mean, he is just – taking paychecks at this point and it, it's it's really bad so i want my wonderful thrawn i think is whining outside my room but you know he's not going to be able to get in this time i mean 
again, going back to Kapanen, he, he is just stealing paychecks from this team at this point. He is making $3.2 million to miss empty nets the way that he just did in that game against Seattle. And I, you, all, you all remember that play, right? Comes around the net, gets the pass, has the entire net. My grandma probably would have scored on that. Somehow misses it way high and wide. And it's just like, you're getting paid $3.2 million to miss chances like that. He has been absolutely woeful um, in his last 50-plus games. Three goals in his last 50 games as a Penguin. The decision to sign him <clears throat> to that extension was ridiculous at the time, and it's only gotten even more ridiculous as he's played to start the season. And I was someone who was praising him in the first three to four games because I was like, okay, he scored a goal. <clears throat> he was actually skating with authority. He was playing decent defensively getting some assists, but these last seven games, just nowhere to be found. And he's been awful. And, you know, that's, I mean, 3.2 million, you could have a much better player in there that would actually be scoring right now if you, you know, if they wanted to, but Ron Hexall made his bed with this and, you know, you're seeing that. So, you know, again, you want to look at one of the main problems it's the bottom six. There's just no depth scoring down there. And I don't want to hear about plus minus. I don't care that Brock begins a plus three overall even strength. That means nothing when he only has one goal, basically this season, you're getting paid 2.75 million to be a PK specialist. That's not good enough. Kasperi Kapanen, one goal this year. He's getting paid 3.2 million. That's not good enough. You believed in Ryan Paley enough to trade for him in the Jeff Petrie trade outside of a game or two. I don't think really think he's done that well either. Jeff Carter, he's basically stealing paychecks at this point too. He hasn't done a thing. I mean, at the end of the day, they made their bed with this bottom six. And I should also throw Danton Heinen in there. He's been a ghost for a lot of this season. He started out the season hot with a couple of goals in the first few games. Since then, though, he hasn't done a thing. And I know he's probably going to score pretty soon here just because he's probably one, arguably, if if not arguably, the best player in the bottom six. But he still hasn't done enough on this team, you know, you can look at his line mates and that stuff, but still it's, it's a collective failure, you know, on that unit and also on Ron Hextall for going out and acquiring most of those players. I'm not going to really dump on Danton Heinen that much because he was great for them last year, but for the other players who we extended slash signed the last couple of seasons or traded for it, it has not been good enough in the slightest and it needs to change. You cannot have your top two lines giving you offense every single night and where, where was I going with that? Yeah, sorry. You cannot only have two lines giving you offense every single night. You are not going to win many games in the NHL that way. Just again, go back to the late Dan Biles and Ray Shiro years when you're seeing Joe Vitale, Craig Adams, Tanner Glass, Brian Gibbons, Lee Stefanak, and all these other players. Marcel Gotch, if y'all remember him, he was taking up shifts and they didn't do anything. And it's the same thing right now. A lot of these players are just passengers and that's not going to work if this team has playoff slash Stanley Cup aspirations. Defensively, Jeff Petrie, he's been off to a miserable start through the first 11 to 12 games of this season. I'm hoping that he'll be able to rebound. Maybe he's just still adjusting to the Penguin system, but the return on investment so far because they gave up a really good player, Mike Matheson, has not been the greatest. So, you know, a lot of these players, they're going to have to figure it out soon if the penguins want to go anywhere this season so that's really the big thing i have to say about the bottom six 
and you know Petrie and a couple of these other players. It's just the Penguins are not getting enough from some of the players who are getting decent money that are not the core players. And that falls on Ron Hextall for going out and acquiring those players. You can 100% blame him for some of the problems that this team has had so far. And I've even seen people calling for his job. I get it. You know, he hasn't done good enough outside of keeping the core and signing Ricard Raquel back and Brian Rust. So, you know, if this continues, I think that heat is only going to get worse, um, in my opinion. So that wraps up this second segment for today's episode. Coming up in the third segment, we're going to get into a couple of other things regarding Penguins, a little bit of a look ahead to the game against the Washington Capitals. So stick around for that coming up in this final segment. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor's Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So <clears throat> big game coming up on Wednesday. I'm going to do a full preview for the game against the Capitals on Tuesday, but just looking ahead a little bit to it, that's the Capitals team, basically five and six and two at this point. Kind of the same issues, though. They're a lot more banged up right now. But Ovechkin, he's still scoring. But outside of that, he's not really doing anything. Backstrom's hurt. Wilson's hurt. John Carlson's been hurt. Carl Haglund, obviously, he's probably not going to ever play again. And I hate that for him just because he's a former Penguin. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Darcy Kemper hasn't been as good to start the season. Although there's been a lot of talk about Peter Laviolette's job being in jeopardy from some of the Caps fans that I talked to. Um, so that game should be really interesting. You know, it's a, it's, well, I shouldn't say it's uncharacteristically early because the Penguins played the Capitals for the first time last year of November 14th, which is the day before uh, my birthday. And they got smoked. I think that was the game when Crosby came back from COVID and they were still a little bit gutted from that. And then they just, they just got absolutely crushed, um, in that game. But you know, that's a big one. You don't want this losing streak to get to eight in a row. I know the Capitals are still reeling a bit right now, but they're playing the Edmonton Oilers tonight at Capital One Arena. So I'll be curious to watch that one a little bit and see um, if they're able to win that game and have some positive momentum coming into that game. Um, other Penguins news and tidbits. Um, Philip Hollander was recalled today. I'm not really sure if he's going to be getting into that game on Wednesday. Um, it looks like Teddy Bluger might be good to go. He hasn't been activated off long-term IR yet. The reason why he wasn't been, he wasn't able to be activated off of it yet, um, according to Taylor Haas, uh, I believe it was because of their cap situation. That, that just goes to show how awful their cap situation is um, right now. The fact that he wasn't even able to be activated for that game um, against Seattle just because of their cap, um, it's 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 been horrendous. Um, they they sent Real Connor back to Wilkes-Barre on Sunday, um, and Taylor also said if Blugers are going to come off of LTIR, both Doc and Sam Poulin will have to go down. So far, Poulin has not gone down, but the Hollander came up. Um, I would, ha- I would have to assume Poulin <clears throat> would go down tomorrow, but I'm not really sure. Um, so hopefully he'll be able, will be able to make his uh, season debut on Wednesday. I think Jeff Carter has been back practicing with the team. He's taking full contact. Would not be surprised to see him back in the lineup. If he's not back for that game, I would assume he'll be back for either the Toronto game or Montreal game. Um, the players, I mean, they're all saying the right things. They, they think they're going to come out of it soon. They're working on the power play. You know, they're they're keeping in good spirits. I mean, that's all you can do at this point. But, you know, talk is also cheap. You know, you got to go out there and, and start proving it. You know, I'm curious to see some lineup changes, if there's going to be some. 
If I had to guess, I don't think Brian Dumoulin's going to be on the top pairing on Wednesday against Washington. I think they're going to go with either P.O. Joseph and Marcus Pedersen. And speaking of POJ, I did not include him in my first um, segment, but I will now. He's been great. You know, I didn't really expect much of him coming into this season because I didn't think he had that good of a camp and that good of a preseason, but he was electric or he has been electric to start the season. I can really see his confidence growing game after game after game. He's moving the puck a lot more flawlessly up the ice. He's getting good chances in the offensive zone, really defending his own blue line well. The minutes that he's playing with Ruta have been really solid so far. I still want to see Ty Smith up here at some point. I know some fans have been telling me to just scratch Dumoulin and call Ty Smith up. That'd be great. You know, I get to see Ty Smith and POJ in the lineup. I think that'd kind of be a best of both worlds. And you can put someone like Marcus Pedersen up with Crystal Tang. I think that would be really intriguing. I don't think Mike Sullivan's going to do that though, but I do think it would be um, a fascinating situation for them um, to say the least. Um, if I had to guess, I think Pedersen will be up on the top pairing on Wednesday if Doom Moon does get demoted. And people keep asking me, you know, is he going to be healthy scratched and all this stuff? My answer, no. I think the Penguins and Mike Sullivan, they have too much respect for him. I think they want to see him get get himself right. And I think they want him to try and play through this, just probably not on the top pairing. If you want to give him shelter minutes with Jan Ruta, that's probably fine. I don't think he's going to hurt you as much. I mean, <clears throat> I know they were doing that with Jack Johnson, and Jack Johnson's a way worse version of Ryan Newman, I think, at this point. Um, I've seen people comparing Newman to Jack Johnson, and you know, I know Newman's been bad. It ain't Jack Johnson level bad. At least, at least that's how I see it. But maybe maybe I'm done with that. But if I had to guess, I think they're going to go with Pedersen up there. I think hopefully you will see Smith go up with Petrie and then Dumoulin down with Jan Ruta. Maybe Chad Ruedel comes in, something like that. I'm not too sure though. But you know they were doing some drills in practice where Pedersen was up on the top pairing with Latang. So it, it looks like they are open to some changes with that. I would love to see Ricard Raquel go up with Sidney Crosby again. I think he's a much better fit. Um at this point, then compared to Rust, I think Rust and Malkin work really well together. So, you know, that, those are really the changes that I, I guess I would make. I mean, Teddy Bluger, Jeff Carter, if they're both in the lineup, you'll see Carter at third line center, Bluger at fourth line center. You know, I'm not really sure if Archibald is going to play at this point. He's still a bit banged up. He hasn't really been practicing. If I had to guess, probably not, which is probably why you saw the Philip Hollander call up today. So, and the bottom six is just going to be, you know, just a weird – you know, it's just going to be musical chairs for a little bit before they find some sort of combinations. Um, to wrap up the show, I don't think you're going to see too many trades at this point just because there's not much cap space. Mike Sullivan is not going to get fired. I think a lot of fans have just been too reactionary when it comes to that. I understand that he's been here for a while, but you all saw what Fen the Fenway Sports Group thought of Mike Sullivan earlier this offseason when he was extended, right? He is not going to get fired for the rest of the season. If there any, if there's going to be a change that is made, it is going to be Ron Hextall slash Brian Burke, especially if this continues. I, I, I would almost bet my life savings at this point that Mike Sullivan is not fired. So that's how I see it. I think it's just up to the players and Mike Sullivan at this point to get this back on track. And we'll have to see if they're able to do that on Wednesday. Um, that wraps up this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Tuesday. We'll be doing a full preview of that game against Washington, going into their lines, looking at their performance from the game against Edmonton. I'll probably be watching that a little bit tonight just because I'm obviously living in the area. So I get um, whatever their channel is with Joe Beninati and Craig Lawton. So 
I'll be checking that out. So look for that episode coming for you all tomorrow. Again, thank you all so much for listening to this one. And I'll talk with you all on Tuesday.